What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Knowles and Dogs podcast. I'm Hunter. I'm Dylan. And we are recapping championship weekend, as well as talking about the playoff rankings that just got announced today. The official rankings for the playoff that will be happening December 31st. Um, but before we do that, how are, how are we doing? How was our weekend? Oh, I think we're doing great, actually. I think it's a pretty nice weekend. You know, beautiful weather in Tampa Bay. There we go. What more can you ask for? What more could you ask for right now? That's right. Um, <laughs> it was pretty good. It was uh, pretty good uh, weather throughout the entire week and weekend. But, um, oh, yeah. you know, repping the national title shirt, hoping for a run back. Oh, you know, repping oh. bolts. Got those mm-hmm. bolts. Going to the game on Tuesday. There we go. Who are they playing? Red Wings. They're playing the Red Wings. It's at like 7 on Tuesday night. So I'll be there. there Good go. seats, too. Can't complain about that. Uh, no, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm trying to think of anything we need to talk about before we get into it, or just want to hop right in. I think we could just hop right in. I think this is – let's get started. Okay. All right. So, what we do, or further ado, we'll get right into it. Championship weekend. Uh, we'll recap the conference titles. We'll start, since this is a uh, Georgia and Florida State podcast, we'll start in Atlanta yep. for the SEC title game. Mm-hmm. Go a little out of yep. order. Um, the Georgia Bulldogs, my reigning national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Finally mm-hmm. did something they haven't done since 2017, and that is win an SEC championship. And boy, it feels nice. It does feel nice. <laughs> National titles are nice, but you know, you when you get to be claimed net kings of the SEC, it does feel good. Um, especially coming off of what happened last year, losing 15 guys to the draft, 13, 14 to the portal. We didn't pick up a single guy from the portal. Um, you lose six to seven starters on D. Um, it does feel good. You know, we're playing an LSU team that's solid, nothing overly, like, it's crazy about them. Um, granted, mm-hmm. and uh, we just came out dominated right from the start. And it took a awesome special team blunder by the LSU. Um, I don't know, did you watch the game at all? I watched a little bit of it. I watched the, um, like, right after halftime. It was just, okay. I I think you get getting groovy. It just felt like LSU was overmatched. Yes, so. And they, they, they didn't, they shouldn't have even been on the same field for most of that game. So I'll give you a little brief little insight. So it's 0-0, and <laughs> LSU's driving down the field, 13 plays. They're down to inside, like, the inside the 30. Get a stop. We stop him. Go for a field goal. He gets blocked. And it's ironically, yeah. I was like, "Don't miss it. Don't miss it. It'd be a shame if you missed it." And then he blocked it, or he blocked it. I think it was Stackhouse blocked it. And so the ball goes. It goes to about the four-yard line. And Christopher Smith, mm-hmm. our senior safety, just kind of stands over top of the ball with his hands just above it. He looks to the left at the one ref. He looks over to the right, the other one, and then all of a sudden he picks it up and just takes it 96 yards for the touchdown. 
folks don't know the rule. As long as the ball doesn't cross the goal line, if it's blocked or something, it's a live ball still. Um, so uh, that kind of set the tone. LSU struck right back at seven, and then we just kind of decided, oh, wait, we're the better team. Um, LSU yeah. defended the run pretty well at the start, and then so Stetson Bennett was like, okay, we'll just beat you through the air. And that's what exactly yeah. what they did. And we scored, yeah. got another turnover. Um, and and the, this next turnover, the interception, hit off of Mason. Uh, Mason, uh, what's his last name? Mason I saw that. Head. I saw that play. And off of his head, redirected off Javon Buller's hand, and then right into the Smile Munden's hands. For mm-hmm. next play, we score. And like that, I mean, it was 20... It was 21-7 at the end of one, or 14, it was 14-3 mm-hmm. after one, and then, oh, no, it was 14-7 after one, actually. I think and then it was, before we knew it, it was like, right around like the five-minute mark, in the, or close to about, closing in about the five-minute mark, it was 35-7. to seven. Um, Georgia yeah. came out just, like, what's bad intentions on their mind. Um, and I do think <laughs> they, a mix of wanting to just prove a point, like, okay, hey, listen, we don't, rem- mm-hmm. we remember 2019. Listen, we were, we know you guys yeah. had us then, but and remember, so the Georgia team, Georgia hasn't beaten LSU before yesterday. We're shooting this at Sunday, no, December 4th. Uh, they haven't beaten them since uh, 2013. When Zach yeah, met it had been a minute. It had been a minute since they'd really taken the town with them. Almost a decade, and um, they finally beat them. And they came out. Now, they, the stats may not look overly impressive from a defensive standpoint. I will say our secondary struggle, Jaden uh, Daniels, kudos to him, didn't really have – he wasn't 100% by any stretch of the means, dealing with like an ankle injury. He suffered back in A&M. But mm-hmm. – Listen, that was no excuse for any of them. Jalen Carter. Oh, my God. I love Jalen Carter. He is so insane. Yeah. He picked Jaden Daniels up in the second quarter, picked him up with one hand, and just pointed up in the sky and said one. Just picked him up. Picked him up. Just like, <laughs> just on him around. I mean, he's insane. He made a game-changing tackle, fourth down, when LSU had some that was about to almost cut it to 11. And mm-hmm. when we were messing around in the third quarter, like we do, was the, they get bored and they're just like, oh, we'll let them back in it. Yeah. They put their – there was fourth down and one, and Jalen Carter pushed a guy, John Emery, who's an offensive lineman for LSU, who weighs mm-hmm. around 360 pounds, takes him and just shoves him out of the way and dives for his uh, the running back slaves and tackles him. Insane. It was fourth and one, too. Just shoves him out of the way. Insane. So um, I'm just going to briefly go through some stats here just because – oh, by the way, and then Georgia, just for fun, was up 48-23, and we went for two and got it, 50-23. to 23. Um, They brought in LSU, so the dogs get it done, 50-30. to 30. Um, Feels good. Big win. Cap off 13-0. Um, they did bring in – so LSU's backup quarterback. I don't know if you've ever seen this guy. His name's uh, – I did see a, I, I saw the one play where he spun out of a tackle and threw a touchdown into the end zone. Yeah. I saw that. Joe play. Burrow. On that was, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Give me like Joe Burrow nightmares again. Um, yeah. His name's Gray. It's Garrett News- Nussmeyer. This guy's mm-hmm. a stud. I mean, he throws a really good ball. Now, granted, I will say, so our off our defense gave up. The pass defense gave up. Uh, we gave, we did give up 549 yards total offense, 502 yards to the air. Now we did only hold him to 47 yards rushing, mm-hmm. um, on 20 carries, but um, that part did concern me a little bit. It was more Keely Ringo, um, and we'll talk about this down the road. But um, they. And I will say I will yeah. give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt because Georgia was up so big early that they were pretty much playing like prevent zone the entire time, the rest of the day, um, where they were like – because you knew they were going to have to pass. Georgia did create four turnovers today or yesterday. Three. Three, and then he cut the block for a touchdown. Um, so I will say I don't understand, and we're going to talk about this in a second, Georgia's inability to – I don't know why they play zone. They do so much better in man. And they did it. They played man against Tennessee, and they put them on lockdown. And I don't know why yeah. they play zone, and they just let them play free. They did the same crap a couple of years ago in 2020 against Will Rogers in Mississippi State. When Will Rogers almost came in, it was J.D. Daniels' first game. J- and Will Rogers came in and just lit us up. But we won. Mm-hmm. We played. They played the zone crap, and they like pretty much was like, well, when you can't get home, you're going to get burned. And it yeah. kind of happened like that. Luckily, our offense is so good, and LSU just depth-wise just had nothing. There was a point in the first half mm-hmm. when Georgia's defense or offense made an entire substitution, and LSU's nobody in LSU made a substitution. Like they all looked to the yeah. sideline, and they were like, they had nobody else to go. So, but um, Georgia rolls. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about it, real quick. Well, I have nothing more to add about this game other than the fact that. For all it's worth, this is still a good first season for Brian Kelly at LSU. Yeah, uh, being being able to flip the the more or less flip the ship that Ed Ogeron had done to that LSU program after the national championship is impressive to me. And mm-hmm. while the I think the depth was an issue for the whole year, and the biggest issue with them uh, haunted them again tonight or last night with uh, special teams. <laughs> Because oh my god, you know, it's special teams again. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, there. I remember arguing with people about the Florida State game, right? The Florida State LSU game to start the season, and people saying that Florida State won on a fluke blocked field goal. And I think if you look back at it, LSU had like six or seven field goal attempts blocked this season. Special teams. Horrible. So I mean, at some point, go to the at some point you got to go, man. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you go to Tennessee. That, game. I mean. Georgia blocked a field goal. Florida State blocked two field, uh, two uh, kicks. Uh, that's three right there. They had one blocked against Tennessee, one blocked against Alabama. Well, it's they just had like the muffed, when they had the muffed fumble against yeah. Tennessee in the mm-hmm. opening kickoff. Um, it's just bad. They um, had but two muffed fun, fumbles in the Florida State game. Mm-hmm. Or but, muffed uh, kick, uh, punts. Sorry. Oh, no, you're going to say – I'll finish what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, no, so I would just say if I was an LSU fan right now, I would be excited for the future, but the mm-hmm. biggest thing I would want is, call me crazy, but I want that backup to be the starter next year because I think he has more potential than – because I think we've seen everything Jaden Daniels can do this year Yeah, so in this offense. I was actually 
just going to say that I said, if you're looking for an early teaser on a futures pick for betting, look mm-hmm. for S- LSU to win the West next year. Look at whatever the value yep. is because I'm telling you, this this kid right here, Garrett Neuhauser, New, whatever his last name is, I don't remember. He's good. and I, I know, saw some of those clips. He looked had, really good. Looked really good. I mean, and we had most of our starters in too. So it's not like we really only took Jalen Carter out until like really the end of the game because Jalen Carter's our best player and we didn't want him to get hurt on some fluky play. Like Lad McCaukey got hurt yesterday um, and Warren McClendon did too. Like, so they weren't really doing that. But, man, he, I'll just say real quick, Jalen Carter, I mean, you take him out, it's a totally different defense. But back to LSU. Yeah, they're uh, – I think they're really Kayshawn Butte is the only one that's really going to be leaving – Unless they're get, and you know Kelly's gonna have a top ten, top five recruiting class, so they should yep. be good. I don't know what they're gonna do at quarterback next year. Um, that's gonna be interesting to follow, but um, they they got a quarterback. I'll tell you that at least. Um, and they got on the defensively. I think B.J. Ochoari is gonna be back. Harold Perkins is only gonna be a sophomore next year. Yep. Like they got some dudes. They just need depth. The depth killed him down the stretch here. Yep, and which was a problem going into the season was that they had guys transfer out who they really needed, and they weren't able. They weren't because Brian Kelly was hired kind of late into the process yep. for hiring coaches these days. They weren't weren't really able to put together the recruiting class depth they really wanted. Yep. So look towards like especially this off season for them really targeting in the transfer portal like crazy. I'm, I'm telling you, they're I, gonna have a they're gonna finish with a top five recruiting class. And a top five uh, transfer class. Like, don't be surprised if they win 10, 11 games next season. And then listen, I mean, you don't know what Bama's going to be doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bama, you ever know? Um, you'll see what Auburn's up to with Hugh Freeze now. Um, yep. We'll see how um, Old Miss. Um, I saw a stat. You know, Old Miss, so Lane Kivitz never beaten a coach with a. Or beaten an SEC team that with a uh, 500 record or better in the SEC? At that time or just ever? I think ever. Could be wrong. Like at I the time they had a 500 record. Uh, no, when they finished. Because, okay, well, okay, because I was going to say, because I'm pretty sure they beat A&M last year. They did, but they didn't finish with a 500 record. A&M didn't. I thought they did because they went 8-4. and four. Yeah, but they didn't finish with a 500 record in um, the SEC. Then. Oh, in in SEC play, you're right. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm gonna double yeah. check that stat real quick just to, so we don't communicate misinformation. But yeah, right. <laughs> uh, quick couple stats here before we move off from this game. Georgia had 255 rushing yards. Um, we would have scored on an opening drive the second half, and then we fumbled the ball in the red zone like we always do. Uh, Stetson Bennett threw for 274 and four touchdowns all in the first half. Stetson Bennett's really good. And I'm not a biased or homer when I say this, but um, he needs to be, and I don't say he's going to win it, but he needs to be seriously considered to be in New York for the Heisman. Yeah. I mean, let's, I mean I'm mean, i not. Caleb Williams had a shot to close this thing out, didn't. I think Max Duggan locked it up. I think – what he showed on Saturday, and we're going to talk about it in a second, is insane. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really just putting your team on your back. I mean, he 
but he couldn't finish the job though. Um, yeah. CJ Stroud didn't play, and when he when the biggest game of the year came around, he did not play well at all. Um, Blake Corum's hurt. Hendon Hooker got hurt. You look at Stetson Bennett. He's I saw a stat. He's thrown for he's thrown thirteen touchdowns to two interceptions against AP top twenty five teams. This is AP top twenty five mm-hmm. teams. Only. Thirteen touchdowns, yeah. two interceptions. He's perfectly he's undefeated, and this is this year, and counting AP. 1,400, over 1,400 yards. The next closest is, like, Stroud at, like, 1,000, like, or 1,100 yards. Yeah. So Bennett's clearly ahead of all that, and what's he do? He's won. They win. He's, like, 26 or 27 and 2 as a starter. I mean, he wins. So are you – I'm going to stop you right there. Are you saying you you think uh, Stetson Bennett should go to New York for the Heisman? See, I don't know if he should go to New York Heisman. I don't think he's going to win it by all stretch of means. I think Max Duggan's going to win it. I think Max I, I don't think Max Duggan's going to win it. I don't. Caleb I still. Williams, I still think Caleb Williams wins it because his stats are I, still so much better. And that's what I think because people are going to look back at it. But yeah, because it's it's not just it's not what you did at the end. It's, it's the whole body of work. But when you look at Caleb Williams, though, and I understand he had a great year, a phenomenal mm-hmm. year. Yeah. The two games that mattered the most, he couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. I mean, high yeah. voters, you look at winner, you look at the winners too. You have to look at winning, like the big games. He was mm-hmm. not able to win the big games. They didn't play Oregon this year. They didn't play Washington this year. So you don't know about that. The biggest game they really played was UCLA, and it took DTR to throw three picks in that game. And Notre Dame. They and did Notre play Dame, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame just, but Notre Dame doesn't have a quarterback. And that's Drew Pine, Drew Pine And that was also that CJ Stroud's best win too. And CJ Stroud, they play, and they didn't play well that game. No, they CJ didn't. Stroud's game. No, yeah, well, no, I know they didn't play that well that game. Yeah, they didn't. No, they only won by eleven. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't play that well, and he didn't play that well either. No, so. he didn't play that well. And against Penn State, he struggled. Michigan, he struggled. And. And we're going to talk about this. But CJ Stroud just hasn't showed up yet in these big games. He did it last year, too. Couldn't show up in the big game. Especially when you say, can you set a real defense in front of him? He's not very good right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he might be because only four guys get to go. He might be. I'm not saying he will. There's a lot of people on Twitter who think he wants to. But you never know. I, he, his record holds it. He's a team guy. If you look at the definition of the Heisman Trophy winner, I don't know off the top of my head, but it has to do with like being a team player, having the right goals, and like knowing yep. doing what it takes to win. He has all four, all three of those. Plus, he has the record, the stats to show it. And they listen. They don't need. He doesn't have these gauntly stats because they don't need him to have. You know. Mm-hmm. We, they want to run the ball down their throat in the second half once they're up. They don't need him to throw it. Why would we need him to throw it when we're up? We don't need him to do put up gauntly numbers when we're up by twenty. Every game, you know, yeah. he does what he needs to do. Well, I he had a I understand that, but a tight game. This in this LSU. No, game. I agree. LSU? No, yeah. I agree that. But if you look at his whole body of work, though, right now, you would go because he has what is it, sixteen touchdowns? Let's see. Well, passing I touchdowns. I have a stats folder. I because I, I got Keel Williams and Max Duggan stats up right now. Here we go. So Bennett is he has three thousand four hundred twenty-five yards. Mm-hmm. He is. 
He's 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. I don't know. Let's see. But he also has seven touchdowns rushing. Okay. So he has seven touchdowns rushing. So, he has 27 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's only been sacked seven times. That's, God, that's crazy. He has a passer rating of 154, 68% mm-hmm. completion percentage. Um, and just say, let's see. There's one, two, four, five. There's five guys on our roster that have um, at least 25 catches or more. Yeah. Um, so he spreads the ball around. He doesn't turn the ball over. He only has, let's see, how many interceptions do you have? He only has six picks. Yeah, so we just said that. Mm-hmm. He only has six picks, so he doesn't yeah. turn the ball over. He doesn't fumble the ball at all either. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't need to be in New York, but he needs to be maybe considered for it. And I think we'll finish top crazy. ten in voting, but I'll, I'll just give you top eight. I'll yeah, I'm going to give you Caleb Williams numbers. I'm going to give you Caleb Williams numbers right now just so you, you can get like comparison. But well, yeah, but yeah, but uh, if you look at, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to give Williams two. numbers real quick. I understand yeah. that, but let me let me give you Williams numbers real quick, okay? Okay. So I understand Williams threw for 4,700, all right, 4,075 yards. He threw for 37 touchdowns, four interceptions, a QBR of 86.5, and then he also had 10 uh, touchdowns on the ground. So his total was 47 total touchdowns, which led uh, FBS. He was tied for first in passing touchdowns. He's number one in total touchdowns. He's fourth in yards. He's tied for 12th in turnovers. So he also has a fifth highest say... QBR. So I will say, um, Setson Bennett's 11th in passing, passing yards. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, but if you look, that's two separate situations now. USC's defense can't save, can't stop anybody for shit. I watched yeah. that USC Pac-12 game. That was pathetic. What I watched on Friday night, and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about it in a second. That was pathetic. Yeah. Um, it's two totally different situations. USC needs him to throw the ball. They have nobody else. They can't do anything. If, if, if you saw, and we're going to talk about, we might just lead into it. USC cannot stop anybody. If Caleb, or mm-hmm. USC can't do anything if Caleb Williams isn't around. And you saw that perfectly on Friday night. They couldn't do anything. And if somebody had USC to win, that was not good. And it showed. You when you rely on somebody to put up these numbers, and these are hell of some numbers right here. But you. This is just you. He has to put these numbers up, otherwise they weren't going to be nowhere near what the record was, you know, because their defense. Mm-hmm. You can't rely on their defense to make a stop. Um, we'll do a Heisman segment one of these days. When's the Heisman? Yeah. Segment? It's like two um, weeks from now, a week from now. I know voting. Let me just double check. Monday. I think it's the voting ends yeah. Monday. No, it's like near. It's like into into January. Well, no, because it's it happens before the playoff. I remember that. I think yeah. it's no. I think it's this week. It's next weekend because it's always after Army Navy. I think it is. Are you sure? I think it's after Army Navy. Yes. Yeah, last year was on December eleventh. So yeah, the finals will be announced because, tomorrow. They announce the finals tomorrow, and the the ceremony Friday, is on this Saturday, Saturday at ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, Anyway, as we just said, we'll just lead right into it. USC, Utah. Also, go dogs. Okay, 
Just go, dogs. Anyways, USC Utah, Friday, Pac-12 yep. title game. We'll set the scene. We'll backdrop mm-hmm. it. USC, all they have to do is win, yep. and they are in the playoff. What do they do? Mm-hmm. They do the exact opposite. They get their butts whooped. Utah bend, bends them over and just starts slapping them, just like this. Boom, 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 without a care in the world. They did whatever they wanted, and we kind of briefly talked about this. If Utah was going to win, they would just have to – they would need another big-time game from Cam Rising. And we said that there was possibly yep. two ways this game could go. It was either going to be Utah or USC was going to just come out with a point to make and that they were going to say, mm-hmm. listen, we're not going to – what happened last time is not going to happen again. We're going to come out. We know what we have to do. We have our goal set. We're going to get there. Or it's going to be Utah's just going to run, take it to just say, like, listen, we're the more physical team. We're the better team. We beat you already once. We'll just have no problem doing it again. Yep. And that's what Utah did. Now, granted, early, USC was doing whatever they wanted. 17-3 out of the gates. And it looked like, yeah. uh-oh, USC is just going to run away with this one. And then a couple stops. And Utah finds herself right back in it, going into half. I think it was tied at 17. And then from that point on, third quarter, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm going to pull some stats up. You, uh, Utah. So, I, yeah, you go ahead I will talk. give context. Stats. Yeah, I will give you some context to why USC's offense just could not score after that. So, Caleb Williams did pull his hamstring, which meant he was completely limited as a runner. And Utah really got to them defensively. They really completely matched up with Lincoln Riley's system. They knew what was coming, and they just got beat. They got beat big time. I mean, there's no way to clearly put. I was just saying, Caleb Williams just was, but he was missing guys open. Yeah. And missing them, not good. Just continue now. I just wanted to put that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so he did, he did. Pull his hamstring, and he's he's already it's said on here. He most likely will not be playing the bowl game because of that. But there really isn't. Yeah, it's a significant hamstring injury. But um, (laughs) there's not much you can do when that happens there. But for them to just completely disappear in that second half is just yeah, wild, surprising. Yeah, they got outscored thirty to seven. Yep. What? Excuse me? I mean, if you just if you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the stats, you'd be like, oh, Caleb Williams, hell of a night. 28 of 41, 363, averaged about nine mm-hmm. yards of pass, three touchdowns, one pick, QBR at 81. You'd be like, that's not a bad night. But if you watch the game, most of that came in the first half. Yeah. I mean, he was just throwing the ball wherever he wanted. And then he got hurt. And... It really wasn't even on the most wild of play. Like, he got sacked, I think, or just got knocked down, yeah. and then he just wasn't the same sense. I know people were looking at he was he, he like cut his finger or something, and he was bleeding, and then all well, of a sudden yeah. you just saw him limping. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't so know. He, cut, he cut his finger on, like, a face mask, and then he had a hamstring injury. So, I mean, you can't put it all on that. But it no, does it, it does affect it does affect the fact that even I mean if you score twenty four points and your defense gives up forty seven I mean they didn't even really USC turned the ball over once 
You know what I mean? Like, you can't say it's all on the offense. The defense, gave, they could not stop Utah at all. They had two turnovers. Oh, fumble. yeah, you're right. They, uh, yeah. yeah, they're fumble. Sorry about that. But, yeah, but, uh, they did. Caleb Williams only had one interception, though. It wasn't like. But it was a big time. You know what I mean? It was like, crucial. Yeah. It was. And remember, they were, they were driving. It was The game was still within mm-hmm. kind of reach. I think it was like a 10-point game late in the game, and he just threw it away. It, either like right yeah. to the guy. The guy just made a nice play on it. But, but I mean, he, it was one pick, but, I mean, it was a big-time one because that kind of sealed the game. But um, the, D, the Cam Rising, look at your stats, 22, mm-hmm. 34, 310, nine, almost nine yards to carry, or threw for 9.1 average, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 81 QBR. We talked about this. Cam Rising was just not – he could not turn the ball over, and he did that. He did it against um, Utah, or he did it against USC last time, and he did it again last night. Um, the uh, USC defense, I don't know if you want to talk about it real quick, but they're atrocious. They yeah, like they're 20, bad. I don't know the exact stat because they got updated mid-game. They had a screen. They posted a little picture on the screen while I'm during the game. They had 22 missed tackles at that point. And they missed like mm-hmm. eight, eight more after that. I mean, that's pathetic. The one third and nineteen. Are you are you kidding me? Excuse me. Are you kidding me? Third and nineteen, you give up a touchdown. <laughs> there was five missed tackles on that play. Mm. Are you serious right now? Yeah. You can't. What is this? I, yeah, I remember touch? watching that. It was like. Are they, this isn't. They, they, what are they did not wrap up Hollywood? at all. What are they getting fancy in Hollywood for? But you can't do that. You got to tackle them. No. Um, I think USC needs to fire their defensive coordinator after that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alex Grinch should not have a job next year. Did he come from with Lincoln Riley? Yes, he did come from Oregon. Or, I mean, Oklahoma, yeah. See, I don't he know was like the one coordinator who went with him. Well, did we not see what uh, he did in Oklahoma? <laughs> the thing is, Oklahoma, he was able to get guys to the league, which I think was the biggest thing. It's because uh, he, he had guess. like... He had athletes on the field who could play well, but they were never good as a unit. Sparing. Specifically because, because he can like their secondary is always atrocious. Like it's just I know bad. The Steelers have a guy. They have Trey Norwood on their team. He's not terrible, but but I mean, you tell me one Oklahoma guy that's succeeded so far in the league on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any. Um, I mean, uh, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any, but they have a couple linebackers and corners who got drafted somehow. Tra- uh, Trey like Norwood. High picks too. Trey Norwood wasn't terrible. Isn't he? Wasn't bad. He was pretty good. In Oklahoma. He's not bad. Mm-hmm. He was like a Steelers fourth or fifth rounder. He's not terrible. He gets his plays in, but I mean, he's nice. he didn't start for us. I don't think. Um, but just quickly run through the stats or just team stats, and we'll move on. Um, USC or Utah out. Gained USC in first downs, 25 to 19. They were 5 of 12. This was another big stat, and this one was huge in the second half. Utah 5 of 12 on um, third down. They were 1 for 1 on fourth. Here comes the one of the, probably one of the biggest stats of the game nobody's going to talk about. Third down efficiency. You want to take a shot? With that? If you're, what's uh, USC third what, down? What's USC's third down efficiency? I'm guessing they went for like, they went like two for like 10 or something like that. Like, they were terrible. One for 12. On third down, they could not. One, yeah, that's one for thought, 12, yeah. and then they went three of five on fourth down. That's just not going to get it done. You yeah. can't – you're not going to win yeah. a game 
I don't care how good you are. You if you're on one for twelve on third downs, you're not doing anything. You're not going to do anything. Um, yeah. USC gave up 533 yards of offense. They gave up 300 yards passing, and then they gave up 223 yards on the round. Or 223 yards on the ground. You're not going to do anything. I mean, Utah averaged about six yards a rush. Um, see, that's it. Uh, USC couldn't run the ball. 56 yards. We said this going in. I said this. Travis Dye played last game. Didn't play this game. Travis Dye made an impact last game. He didn't this game. No, he nobody made an impact this game. 56 yards rushing. They only averaged two yards a carry on 27 rushes. Not going to get it done. Um, and then they went. I mean, they actually. I mean, they outgained Utah in time possession, but I mean, it's just USC. Just the fact that they weren't able to close it out. I mean, and we look at the rankings now because they dropped all the way from six or from four to ten. Um, yeah, it's funny. Just you had. You can't. It just. I don't know how you just fall apart like that. And now I'm gonna give you a little question here. Knowing that your mm-hmm. season's on the line. And Lincoln Riley said something about this in the post game. Why aren't you taking your quarterback out? You know he's hurt. He said something about how he went up to ask him if he was 100 percent, and like or Caleb Williams said, like, no, I'm not even 50, but but you're not taking me out. And Lincoln Riley was like, all right, excuse me, who's in charge here? Well, okay, not, okay, I'm I'm gonna stop you there because I I do think. At, at least in, to Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, I don't think they can win the game without Caleb Williams. So if the but season's you, on the line and Caleb's not there, the season's over already. But I will say, but come on, you have to know, you have a better shot then at this point, putting the backup in and seeing what he can do. You're not. You're, why would you risk your season? Put your season on the line <sighs> with a quarterback with your one le- oh, quarterback on one leg. You he. He didn't do anything in the second half. That the said, only reason I can say I is, is, is yeah. I, to be fair, he is the Heisman favorite. He's done this all season for you guys. He's but he's it, been but, the for most of the season one of the top four, five quarterbacks in the country. He's one of the he best arms. He's a future NFL guy. Yeah, well, he's healthy. But he was healthy to degree, he wasn't healthy. <laughs> I do think <laughs> at that point, Lincoln Riley has the trust in Caleb, where he goes. Yeah. If you don't want me to take you out, I will not take you out. This is your team. But but you need to be able to do something then. And yeah. I, if I was Lincoln Riley there, whenever he said that, I would have given him maybe two or three drives, depending on how long the drives yeah. took and how, how fast they were getting the ball back. Because if I'm not getting anything like he did, I mean, if you look at this, just the box score, I mean, you look at the scoring summary here, mm-hmm. they didn't score at all in the third quarter. Like, that can't yeah. happen. And he injured, he got hurt in the second quarter, late second quarter. And they only had three points. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't do anything the third and fourth quarter. They scored late in the fourth, but come on. You got to know he's hurt. And at, they should have been getting the other quarterback warmed up way before. But, like, listen, dude, you, we're not – listen, we, we, I don't want to do this, but it's, a, it's our best chance of possibly winning the game. Because you're not healthy, yeah. you're getting sacked, and I don't want to put you at risk for your future. Because God forbid something happens or he just does something super – like he just injures it to such a bad extent that it doesn't ever fully recover. Now that hopefully it would never happen, but 
Um, but you know, yeah. you don't want to just do something like that when you know the game. Especially, why was he still out there late in the game? The game's out of reach. After the game was out of reach, I don't understand why he was still out there. But at the point where he was hurt, he and like he said he wasn't really 100%. Yeah. He came out but at the point he where he sacked. was hurt and it was still within reach. When, yeah. it, when the game was still in, in reach, I completely understand why he was still in the game. Because at that, you know, he is your number one guy. But I don't want to stay too much longer in this game because we have spent a long time on it. Yeah. I would just but, say, last thing, he should have been out. Yep. That's my last one. No, we won't. He should have been out of that game the second after he threw that pick. Mm-hmm. The final pick he threw, he should have been out of the game. He surely should have been out of the game way before that. But... That's not for me to decide. But USC choked, uh, chokes their thing away. And <laughs> have fun at the Cotton Bowl. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Right. We'll move on to the next um, matchup. Uh, TCU gets stunned in overtime by Kansas State. And wow. You know, we talked First about all, this a for a second. That, yeah, that was a great game. But we both talked about how Going into this game, it was it would not be that crazy for Kansas State to win. Mm-mm. We both said that we would not be that shocked if Kansas State won. And I can look at one stat right now and tell you exactly why Kansas State won. Uh, similar to USC, uh, TCU went 2 for 15 on third down. Not going to get it done. <laughs> they, uh, that, now, I, I don't yeah. know how many games you're going to win doing that. No, if you can't convert on third down, I, and like I just said, if you're, I don't care how good you are. If you're not converting on third down efficiently yeah. enough, and I'm not asking for perfection, but I mean, yeah. it could be better than one of twelve and two of fifteen. I mean, good lord. Continue. Uh, there's, I don't know exactly the which way we should go with this one, but what I'll say is that both of these teams were pretty the good. They went into this game. Yeah, we'll start the Kansas State side. Uh, Kansas State came to play today. They are yesterday. They came because they wanted to get their revenge. They felt like they were the better team when they played early in the season when they had their quarterback go down. Um, Kansas State kept up with everything TCU threw at them. It was nothing they were surprised for. And even when TCU came back and tied it, and the game went to overtime, I th- I don't know how you felt watching it, but it just felt the whole time like Kansas State wanted this game so badly. They wanted this game so much more than TCU wanted it, which should... Which is weird, because you know what I mean? TCU, is there's a playoff spot potentially on the line, but I, I mean, congrats to the Wildcats. They played a great game, and they have a great season. They're going to go beat Alabama in a bowl game. Ooh, hot take right there. Uh, I don't think it's hot take. So- so I will briefly just say one thing, Kansas State, and I'll, I'll talk about TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest X factor, and he didn't really have a big game last time they played each other, because Will, Will Howard only threw for 18 to 32, 199 yards. He had two touchdowns. Played efficient enough, but the big guy, yeah, uh, Deuce Vaughn, he only had 93 yards rushing last time they played each other. Mm-hmm. He had 130 yards rushing, and he had 180 Total. He had two. He had thirty receiving yards. One hundred twenty-six carries, one hundred thirty yards. Averaged five yards a carry. He had the big one long run where he like broke the guy's ankles, and he had a t- he had that touchdown. I mean, that was the biggest story. I mean, TCU just couldn't stop the run. I mean, they gave up. 
Let me see. Yeah. They gave uh, 205 yards on the ground. Kansas State. Uh, they gave up over years. 200. Yeah. Yeah, each. Um, it was a pretty tightly contested game, first quarter, first half, and then. Second, yeah. I would say these just, two teams were pretty evenly matched for the most part. Yeah, and then the second half, just the, the floodgates opened, at least l- late. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, but kudos to Kansas State, like I said, or like we said. They didn't really light the world on fire. I mean, they had over four, just over 400 yards in total offense. Most of their, I mean, they only had, they had 190 yards, 90, 199 yards passing, 205 yards uh, through on the ground. Efficient. That's called being balanced mm-hmm. right there. Um, yep. Doing what you need to do. Um, they only turned the ball over once. It was a fumble. They went 5 of 16 on third down, but they went 2 or 3 on fourth. Uh, so they did what they needed to win. Kudos to them. Uh, TCU now. Uh, so TCU is in a different spot. And unlike Dylan, I thought that they could lose. As long as they didn't get blown out, they would still make the mm-hmm. playoffs. You know, I thought possibly they could drop the four, um, but they don't. Well, spoiler alert if you haven't seen already. So they stayed at three. But yeah. I thought that they would they would be able they would be safe. They've already locked their spot as long as they didn't get like beat by forty. And early it was well even late it was like an eleven point game. But mm-hmm. man, oh man, there's a guy named Max Duggan, and he is. Something else. He's something else. He's put you know the definition of putting your team on your back. That fourth quarter drive he had when he rushed for ninety five yards. He himself he rushed for ninety five yards, including that big one long like forty five yard run. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even breathe. like he scored the touchdown and just sat there on his knees. And like if you saw the two point conversion he had, the tied at twenty eight, he just kind of just like looked like he was like about to pass out and he just kind of like flicked it and it luckily got there like he could he didn't like people were trying to celebrate and he was just like get out of the way I like I gotta sit down like what yeah. an absolute order a dog a hypnotoad whatever you want to call him he's a frog um, he put horn frog actually they are the Texas State horn the lizard he looked it up uh, that's what the horn frogs are so Oh, okay. There's, well, there is such thing as a horned frog. I'm not going to get like zoologist on me, but on you guys, but they are named after the Texas State horned lizard. We have confirmed. Okay. Um, anyway, back to Max Duggan. He played out of his mind. I mean, 18 of 36, 251 yards. He had one touchdown, one pick. He threw it for 83. He had about 83 QBR, but he had five, 15 carries, 110 yards rushing. Average seven yards a rush, one touchdown. And he almost had the game-winning touchdown in overtime, but I'll go through the overtime real quick. What a game, though. I mean, TCU yeah. doing what they always do. They fall behind, and they come back. And, man, they got the ball first, and they were looking like they were just going to score and put this thing out of reach. Max Duggan, though, gets caught short on a fluky play. that looked like the running backs weren't ready. He just kind of takes off from that left side and gets stopped down about about – less than five inches away from the goal line. And he mm-hmm. and he had stopped. And and that was second down and goal, I want to say. Yeah. Was it second and goal or because in third and goal. I believe it was it second off. and goal. I, I believe you I believe you were right. It's it was second so, and goal, I believe. Yeah, so then third and goal, 
they hand it off. And this is when the play calling, I'm like, I was a little confused. So they hand it off on third and goal. And it looks like he gets stopped. Now they do an aerial shot. And it looks like he the ball's over the pot or over the line. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, the, he might have gotten in. They didn't review it. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't have reviewed it. Because, I mean, it's a scoring play. It could have been a scoring play. Now, yeah, but it has to be a scoring play called on the field first, I'm pretty sure. Probably. I guess, yeah. Now. Yeah. They probably could have at least looked at it like review, because you could still review it. Um, mm -hmm. But um, he doesn't. They don't review That's, it. Because it yeah. there's a big bunch of bodies, and it looks like he's not on the ground yet. He's just laying down. They called the play dead, because it looks like the ball's over the line, though. And so mm -hmm. they call it down. Fourth and goal, they call a timeout. They come back out, and they run the exact same play, and they get caught short. And uh, Kansas State ends up kicking a game-winning field goal. Um, but TCU, I will talk about it in a second. But they are going to give, which I'm going to spoil it. They're going to give Michigan. I think they're going to give Michigan a run for their money. The biggest thing though is, can they stop the run? And we're going to talk. We'll talk about it now and a little bit and later on in a future episode. We do a full deep breakdown in this, but that's going to be the biggest. That's going to be the story of the game. This. Can they stop the run or limit the run? I'm not going to say stop it. Can they limit it? Uh, but we're going to see. We'll move on, though, unless you had anything else to say about this game. Game of the day, though. Uh, I don't really have anything. Yeah, it was definitely the game of the day. There wasn't very many other good games, to be 100% correct with you, though, you know, honest with you. So only thing I would add is I want to explain my playoff stance with TCU real quick. My stance was that if USC won and TCU lost, there's a chance they don't make it for Ohio State. But the second USC got killed by Utah, they were guaranteed a spot. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I don't feel like we'll that's that crazy. Yeah. All right, we'll move on, and we're going to briefly just touch on these ones because these really didn't mean a whole lot. Yeah. Um, we'll just kind of run through the score. I mean, Clemson won 39-10 against North Carolina. Kate Klubnick. Comes in after DJ Uyangalale, um played like another crappy game. So yeah, I watched that game. I don't. I don't know how you watched if you watched it or not. I was watching the Michigan game, which we'll talk about actually next. But um, yeah, yeah. If you want to just kind of briefly talk about this game, I mean Drake May didn't play yeah. very well. Um, no, I went three and zero. Actually, side note, three and zero in Dr Pepper challenge. <laughs> so I'll I'll give you a, a kind of like a. Over, Brief run now. Overview how the game went. So, so at the door, uh, UNC went 10 the field and scored. And Clemson's offense looked terrible under DJ. But the second they made the switch, they just – I don't know how to explain how it looked, but it looked like the entire team had, had new life. Like they looked like they finally wanted to be there. For a lot of the like the past, at least since like the Notre Dame game, even then the Syracuse game, it's just looked like Clemson has just been like not Lack wanting to play. Like they they don't care. They're not physical. They don't tackle. They don't chase the ball down. They don't. They can't pass the ball. They can't run the ball. And then the second they make the change to, to Kid Klubnik, by the way, they still can't run the ball. By the way, DJ or Will oh, Shipley is still Shipley's mediocre. He's he's only good against Florida State. Go figure, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. 
the second they made the switch to Kid Club, it's like that offense just like switched. They could pass the ball everywhere. Their wide receivers finally looked good, and their defense all of a sudden looked dominant against uh, yeah. the um, North Carolina offense. I mean, I've never seen Drake May look so uncomfortable an entire game. Like, he never looked really comfortable in the pocket. He was never really, like, he wasn't sacked too many times, I don't think. But he looked, like, not nervous in the pocket, but, like, just uncomfortable. Watched. Like, it, he looked like he was seeing something over his shoulder the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, he looked nervous. They, they just looked outmatched. Like I saw, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I would cut in and out of this, not a whole lot, because I was watching the Michigan game. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw a highlight, like the picky through to, in the end zone, just like a what are you doing moment. Like you said, he just looked like he was uncomfortable all night, and this is why I didn't want to touch this game in the betting world, because it was either mm-hmm. going to be North Carolina was going to get it into a shootout and keep it close, or they were going to get run out of the building, and they got run yeah. out of the building. Um, so that's all I do. Clemson's going to go to the Orange Bowl, um, and yep. yeah, against Tennessee. So another ACC title game, yeah. ACC win for them. Uyunglele has officially transferred, is gone to the transfer portal. Um, so mm-hmm. kudos, good luck to him wherever he goes. I just think he's overrated as heck. His brother apparently yeah, is too. a five-star defensive lineman. Who's That's really the only so. reason. So I've been seeing, yeah, places like Ohio State and Alabama are interested in DJ exactly. just because wherever wherever he transfers, his brother is going to go. So schools yeah. want him to go there so that they can get his brother, who's like, yeah, he's like a five-star defensive end or something like that. All right, we'll move on. And again, we'll briefly touch this one. Um, yep. Tulane gets revenge on UCF. Um, and Tulane wins their first conference championship in the ACAC. Their first one in a while. I don't know the exact year. The last time they won a conference tournament or title, it's been a while. But they win in front of their home crowd. Dylan, you want to look that up for me? Yeah, I got it. They won 45-28. They uh, no, dominated. When they... Oh, no, when was the last time they, they won? won? Yeah. I'll try to see if I can find anything. Yeah, so like he said, they won 45-28. UCF made it close. Um, this is a game I really didn't watch a whole lot of either because it was during the Georgia game. But, I mean, I was keeping up with it. Yep. UCF cut it to three, I think, before um, Tulane had a big touchdown pass. That kind of opened it up again. Um, kudos to the Green Wave. Hell of a season. They this is a team that went two and ten last year, and now they are yeah. eleven and two heading to the Cotton Bowl. They'll take on a USC team, which I think they might win, because USC may who knows who's going to be healthy, who's not going to be playing. It's a game that really they're going to be motivated for. This is like this is the Tulane's national championship, um, and so look for a Green Wave team to come out firing. Um, I don't know. Did you find the stat? Yeah, nineteen ninety-eight in the Conference USA. There you go. And before so, that, forty-nine. There we go in the SEC. In the SEC. Probably. Yeah. 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 So it was a cool moment too. Tulane got to storm the field because they're playing on their home field. That was a pretty sweet moment. Um, kudos to the Green Wave. We'll see what they do in against USC. I don't know if you have anything briefly to talk about. Uh, nope, just really happy for them, personally. I feel yeah. really happy for Tulane. I'm, you know, they got some of the best uniforms in the sport, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel, but every single week yeah. they trot out something different, and you're like, man, look at that. That's impressive. But, 
Um, man, just ex- happy for the Green Wave. So happy they beat UCF. I couldn't have picked an opponent I wanted to see lose more. No, and, um, no but, but UCF fans on Twitter are so annoying. So Watch Awesome that they, they don't have something to... Uh, they say they have a national championship, and they won't stop talking about how they're it's the pathetic. best team in the state. Pathetic. Now, to be fair, <laughs> they were for most of the year, record-wise. No. Um, Record-wise, uh, no, because like, they weren't, yeah. Trying to say, I, I was just going to say, I kick, I'm kicking myself for not taking Tulane because I was going back and forth with them all week. But kudos mm-hmm. to them. Um, we'll move on now for out of conference championship week into the playoff rankings that got released today. This is for – Yep. And we'll do a show about this on Tuesday night, we'll say. Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday night. I got, I'm going to the hockey game Tuesday. Oh yeah, so Wednesday, Wednesday night we'll do the, we'll do like a really a deeper breakdown on this game, or on these uh, the playoffs. So the rankings came out yeah. today, or the official playoff field came out. So Georgia, it was Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State that rounded out your top four: Alabama at five, Tennessee at six. I have no idea why Tennessee is on at five. If you, what's the point of beating a team head to head if you're not going to be ahead of them? Anyway. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't really matter at this point. But I mean, it just—I mean, you play a noon o'clock, we'll a noon. I mean, I guess difference in opponents, but um. Yeah. Anyway, the early thoughts going in the mm-hmm. lines actually have already the lines out on this games. Uh, Georgia opens up as a six and a half point favorite, and Michigan opens up as a nine yep. and a half point favorite. And I'm yep. just thinking right now. <laughs> excuse me. Um. That has a nine and a half slot in that Michigan game. Early thoughts so, going into this. My early thoughts is I'm going to uh, repeat something that a uh, other host on a uh, college football po- uh, podcast said in Bud Elliott. This is a BCS kind of year. And, and what I mean by that is there are two teams, in my opinion, that are much better than everybody Definitely. else who will be playing in the national championship in Georgia and Michigan. I really don't think Ohio State and TCU have much of a shot. We'll go more in depth on Wednesday, but I just looking how these two teams match up against the other two, it just doesn't – it just feels like a complete mismatch. It feels like we're just going to get a rematch of last year and, and that 1v2 that will play. Exactly. So, so yeah. Go ahead. I'll, so, yeah, all I would say is this really does feel like a year where – we could have had the BCS, and this would not have been any different. <laughs> but uh, yeah. you go you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I do agree with that a little bit just because there hasn't been – and I'm a diehard dog till the day I die. But, I mean, there yeah. hasn't been a team all year, including Georgia, that's looked, like, unstoppable. There's been points where mm-hmm. it looks like they – there's no shot you're beating them. Do they look elite? Yes. Michigan looks elite. Yeah. Granted, do they play anybody? No. Um, but I will say, yeah, there. it just has been one of those years when no, there hasn't been one team like a 2019 LSU, a 2020 Bama, a 2018 Clemson, where they have just kind of yeah. asserted themselves as the top team and like, oh, they're going to win it no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I will say. Um, even some of these high-profile teams, it's like there's so many flaws in them. And I yeah. mean, 
as a Georgia fan looking at this Ohio State game, I mean, what the what's different between Michigan from what Michigan did to what Georgia can do? Mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan. I, every I think Georgia can throw the ball better. That's the biggest difference. They're more balanced. Ohio mm-hmm. State sells a bunch of injuries, and we'll see how long it is because this is this is where I'm a little bit bummed right now. If like this game is this is going to be a bigger game than it should. If this game is being played a week from now, I would be the line A. The line would probably be bigger, and B. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be as not worried, but yeah, um, not as concerned because you don't want to. You're going to give this team that's dealing with a crap ton of injuries time to heal. Now it's also good for us because Lad McConkey got hurt or McClendon got banged up. We also have some other yeah. guys. Ad Mitchell gets a bunch of more time to get fully healthy. He he finally played yesterday for the first time, um, but man, um, I'm interested to see how Georgia does against that. And again, we'll talk about this more because you know it's going to be how will CJ Stroud if Georgia gets pressure like they usually do against some of these bigger offenses? Can CJ mm-hmm. Stroud make the play? And yeah. I just don't know because. Like any other team, you're not going to be able to run on them. Yeah. And this is what Michigan got to got fell into in our trap last year. And this is why I was never concerned about them last year. Michigan's offense runs through what? Run the running football, back, right? It runs with the running back. Mm-hmm. And what does Georgia's yeah. biggest strength? Stopping, Stopping the run. run. Now, yep. now the only thing that concerns me is I don't need this being turning into an SEC title game of last year when Bryce Young was just. Where we couldn't get pressure on him, and Bryce Young was eating mm-hmm. us up like it was his Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, yeah, that's the only thing that concerns me because CJ Stroud, if you give him time, he will burn you. And but I do. But what makes me relieved is what um, Georgia did to Tennessee. I think they can translate that kind of blueprint yeah. to what Ohio State. So we'll be interested to see. That's going to be a one hell of a game. I hope, or I just kind of hope that we beat the shit out of them. Sorry if I said that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, we're gonna, I hope um, we win by 30. Because yeah. Ohio State fans are disgusting Twitter trolls that think they deserve everything. Um, and as far as the Michigan-TCU game goes, uh, big story early. I think TCU has the better offense. I think Max Duggan has a, a shot here to really pull make a statement, I think. And who the hell is going to cover Quentin Johnson? Because you saw Aiden O'Connell be able to have a little success well, yesterday. Now here's I'll my tell you this. Thing. So Michigan was able to slow down Ohio State, which had Marvin Harrison, the best wide receiver in the country. So, on them. It didn't to matter. Me, well, so what Ohio, what Michigan does really well is that they'll mm-hmm. let you get your yards, but they hold you in the red zone. They do not let you score in the yeah. red zone, which is big. So, But mm-hmm. what TCU does – they kind of live on the long shot ball, on the home run ball. Yeah. So it's a tale of two wor- bat- two worlds. But what is kind of interesting about this game, that game, both teams kind of thrive in the second half. So how which which one's going to break, you know? Because if you watch mm-hmm. the last couple of Michigan games, when they've played a little better deep, or, um, teams in general, they kind of a little slow out of the gates first half. And then even yesterday – they was like 14, 13 going into half. 
and then all of a sudden you just it looks like they get shot out of a cannon the second half. Like they figure yeah. out how to run the ball again. Like Donovan Edwards just wakes up and she's like, Oh crap, hey, let me just feed me the ball. Um JJ McCarthy makes the plays he needs to. But then you look at TCU, it's exactly the same thing they do. Like they'll let you mm-hmm. go up, like no lead is safe. You know? Yeah. They will do whatever they will make the play. They will it's funny because their defense is not very good, but they do enough to get a stop or two to get their offense mm-hmm. the ball back to where they can score lightning fast. So yeah. that's going to be a good game. I think that's a good game. I would take the points in that game. If that thing boots, boosts up, hammer mm-hmm. that in a second. Because I don't think okay, Michigan's yeah. just going to be able to run the ball on this team. I think they're going to have to make plays, and if they so can't, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think it's a close game. At least a one-score game. So I if think that's you, the biggest thing we disagree with, because I completely disagree with you. I think Michigan's gonna blow the doors off TCU personally. You think? I just don't think I they're gonna... really. I I I don't think when it comes to just athlete to athlete, they're comparable. Because Michigan, their line, their offensive line is huge. Their defense is strong. They run the ball on everybody. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter how good your defense is, how good your defensive line is. They figure out ways to move the ball on you. The only team they've ever done before is Georgia. And I guarantee you this entire offseason, they've spent time trying to figure out a way to do it to Georgia. I think TCU will score the ball, and I think it'll be – I think if the line grows, take that line. But I don't think nine points is that crazy. Nine and a half. No, but they have the hook, though. Nine and a half, yeah. Ten. So – yeah. See, this is where I got like I'm gonna we're gonna do we'll I love disagreeing. Yeah. I love we'll, we'll do we'll do a whole show on it. Yeah. Yeah, but I love disagreeing because it makes yeah. it makes debating more fun. But mm-hmm. so you would think I was gonna ask you actually ask you um right before you answered it, which game is more likely to have the blowout mm-hmm. in it? You said so you. Then you uh, said I Michigan. think it's gonna be Michigan TCU. What do you yeah. think? Scores? Because I think Ohio State. I think Georgia. I, I think Michigan puts up. It's like forty-eight twenty-four. Michigan wins. I don't think. Like they I, put think, on. I think. I think they can put forty-eight score, on. But Michigan doesn't. I just don't think they'll put forty-eight on. Well, because that's what I'll say. I Ohio State. Ohio State had much I, better athletes, and it didn't matter. It's exactly why I don't think that Ohio State Georgia game is going to be close. So think about it. Two things, mm-hmm. or a couple things. Georgia gets to play in Atlanta again. Where yeah. I don't know if you saw, I'll send you a clip. They did like their light show at the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and where they all have the lights, and it's funny. Yeah, they go into a couple Georgia neutral games a couple last two years. You see, you can see which who's a Georgia fan and who's not. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's no LSU fans there yesterday. The entire stadium was light up, was lit up. Yeah, entire stadium. Um, so. You have that. You pretty much are playing a home game again. Georgia could do Slow whatever down they, a little bit. It is Ohio State. It is Ohio State. They Those but fans, Georgia, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of LSU fans, too. Not at the same level as Ohio State. I was going to say, there was like a number that there's over 1 million people registered to the Florida Ohio State fan club. So, that's funny because I was talking. We have a good buddy, both of us. His name is Blake. Yeah, I was texting yep. him earlier this morning, right when it got announced, and we like text each other like right away. He's he didn't sound super confident because he's like, hopefully Illinois will do what Michigan did. And I just Georgia playing Tennessee they already this year, I think is really mm-hmm. going to help them because they can yeah. pretty much take the same blueprint to this. Because what did what did they do against Hendon Hooker? 
they got pressure on him. They yep. didn't allow him. They played man to man. They said, Keeley, you're going to get on Tillman, and I think it was Javon or somebody else, you're going to get on Jalen. You're not going to let them beat you. And what did they do? They did that to a T. They were able to get, they sacked him six times. They made him uncomfortable, and he wasn't able to do anything. I think being able to do that and seeing what Michigan did to Ohio State, what. Mm -hmm. Would, tells me they're not going to do that again. If you could force Ohio State into a throwing contest and just shut them down and make them one-dimensional like Michigan did, you will do just fine. So yeah, we'll talk about that more later. But we'll, we'll get we more two, into more in depth later. But yeah, two compelling matchups, but almost the same. It could just be another brute playoff. Or just another year, yeah. another year of playoff. Destruction. Playoff, playoff, just misfortune. I'm gonna say, and people aren't gonna say it a lot. I think Georgia would manhandle Michigan again. I think we, I think we'll get to see see how that outcome goes in the national championship. That's all I'm gonna say. And I think, I think it will know, be Georgia, Michigan. And I think Stetson Bennett is gonna out duel CJ Stroud, and it's not gonna be close. In which way? I'm gonna say like numbers, I'm like pure say, numbers. He's just gonna have better numbers that day, or is it? I think he's just going to have a better game. I think CJ Stroud's mm -hmm. going to be uncomfortable and not be able to. He's going to turn the ball over. I think CJ and I think Stetson Bennett is just going to have a good game. He's going to show why he. You know what Stetson Bennett has too, and this is just pure fact. He has experience in this big games. Stetson Bennett wins the big game. He has. Yeah. He did this last year. He every big game that Stetson Bennett's been in, and really except for the SEC title game, he's showed up, and he knows he's pressure hasn't got to him. CJ Stroud, every time yeah. he, a big game happens, like I, we said this earlier, he's just kind of hid, you know, kind of hidden his shell. Yeah. He hasn't been able to. And Ryan Day, here we go again. It's going to be third base. Yeah. Here we this go. Is, he's going to have to go back to. Yeah. The umpire's going to actually this come what, back to second. Yeah. No, you're right. mm -hmm. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, the only reason I think this game is going to be closer mm -hmm. is because this is, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking this is like Ryan Day's legacy game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, can Ryan Day prove the fact that he was not born on he third won't. base, that he can, he can make a competitive team on his own? Let's see it. Because let's just say, CJ Stroud is his quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Justin Fields was recruited there by Urban Meyer before. Yeah. And the so, like, you could. Yeah, so well, but he was already like Ohio. Urban Meyer recruited him to Ohio State. He picked Georgia, and then he transferred to his number two school after he didn't get to start at Georgia. So this this is his quarterback. Can he make this team competitive? Because so far they've looked like they don't belong against top ten teams ever. Like you know what I mean? Like they lost to Clemson, they lost to Alabama, they lost to um, Michigan twice now. They, you know, it's like. What happens yeah. if you're Ohio State like eighty or just like the alumni of Rooster? What happens if Ohio State yeah. goes out and gets just outclassed again? Like, what do you do? Do you yeah. like? Is it, how hot does his seat become? Because you barely make it into the playoff. It takes a prayer, mm -hmm. and then you go yeah. in and you get mollywopped. What? Or he wins. But what happens if he goes out and just gets mollywopped? Does, hey, I don't think they fire him. No, but I'm not saying. I, I don't. I, yeah. How no, no, his no. seat's got to yeah. be his 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 seat has got to be worn. The inability to win the what? big game. Yeah. Like on it's a scale of one him. to ten, one to ten. Like I five. would say, I going into next season, yeah, he's got like a five or a six. Like the oven's on. 
Like the, oven, the he's, I would say he's 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 in that top forty list of coaches on the hottest seat in this sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The oven's preheating and it's set to four fifty and it's at about yep. two hundred right now. Like he mm-hmm. needs to get it rolled. Um, all right. Yeah. So we'll move on from that. We'll briefly touch these some of the, the just announced like the New Year six games they got announced. So Clemson and TCU are heading to the Orange Bowl. What a oh Tennessee, game. Tennessee. Tennessee, excuse me. Tennessee and Clemson are mm-hmm. heading to the Orange Bowl. What a great color game. Yeah. If they don't both wear all orange, I will riot. Um, it, it's, it would look so ugly. Oh, that'd be, oh but God. it'd be so cool, though. Just get Let's get Tennessee to wear their all orange <laughs> and their orange helmets, and let's get Clemson yeah. to wear their all orange. I mean, you have to. I think they have to make them, mandate it. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity right now. When will we ever I, it, see an all two orange teams in the Orange Bowl? Uh. What, are we going to get Syracuse in here? Not in the Orange Bowl. I was going to say that would be amazing. Get Syracuse, the Syracuse orange. orange in the Orange Bowl? Yes. All right. Um, and then, <laughs> all right, we'll move on here. Yep. <laughs> uh, Alabama, Alabama and Kansas State will be playing in the Sugar Bowl. Kansas State looking mm-hmm. to upset there. Um, we'll see how many people are – and we'll talk about this later. We'll kind of be like the yeah, dropouts, we'll talk more, who's, but... who's competitive, who's motivated to play. USC Tulane playing the Cotton Bowl, that should be a big game for Tulane. At yeah, least. and then I think a sneaky game that's going to be a very good good one. Utah Penn State in the Rose Bowl. These are two teams that mm-hmm. are similarly built like the same, and they're not overly yeah. powerful, but they they can win games. I mean, Penn State went ten to two, so they yep. they can win. They're only two losses in Michigan Ohio State, um, so we'll see you there, um, and then. Yeah, so those are the New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, we'll briefly touch here uh, some news, and I'll just I'll bring it up. I'll start it and I'll let you talk about it. Uh, yeah. Deion Sanders accepted his terms and conditions, and he will become the new the next head coach at Colorado. Um, he was mm-hmm. there today, introducing the team. It has gone viral with him saying, uh, yeah. "Listen, I got I got pack I got I'm bringing my own package, and it's Louie." Uh, kind of referring to like, listen, I yeah. got. Don't listen. I'm letting you know now. You might transfer portal for some of you guys may be the best option. Um, I know his son's coming. His one son's coming with him, the quarterback. Yep. The other one is a safety at Jackson State. He's staying. Um, I think he's going to do well. He just got a five star to commit tonight. Georgia just got a five star to commit tonight. To mm-hmm. well, UGA just got Samuel Mbeppa. He's a five star. He's the number. Uh, he's five star number five guy ranked in the country, but. That's not the story. Colorado just got a Texas A&M commit to decommit. He was a five-star, yep. like I think, wide receiver corner, and now he's going to Colorado over Miami, Bama, and Ohio State. That's big time. And he apparently – I'm going to let you talk, but I saw a thing. It's like over 200 players had reached out already to Dion in Colorado who were in the portal and stuff, asking them. Like I know Trey Sanders was another guy. Who's been outreached? Who's been vocal about reaching out to get the Dion? Who's a Bama transfer? Yeah. But I think it's gonna be good. I don't know how fast he turns it around, but I think this is they're looking up. So, what I'm gonna go in by saying is this: we're gonna really figure out the next three years is if Dion is just a recruiter or if he is actually a great coach because. It's one thing to succeed at the FCS SWAC level because specifically 
the SWAC is the worst conference in FCS ball because they, they can't recruit well. They don't have money. They can't play for national championships. So they just they, – Well, they can't. It's, it's, he just doesn't want to. Well, it, it, you know what I mean? They can't. But that's how it is. Well, so, he could. He just didn't want to. No, but the – Yeah, exactly. But that's what the SWAC is designed for, the, that they don't play in the FCS playoffs. They just play in the Celebration Bowl. But specifically, like if you looked at his FCS scheduling, they were – Five places from the bottom as the worst schedule in the sport. They didn't, even though they finished with a undefeated record, they were never in the top five power rankings of FCS ball. So my question is going to be, is when he's at Colorado, because he's not just going to be able to out-athlete everybody, which he was at the he FCS might. level. He's going to have he to actually have coach hard. He might. He might. Because he's like, some guys. If it, yeah, no, but like, you know what I mean? He'll have to play yeah. Oregon. Utah, not USC too much longer, but if if they do, you know, they get to a playoff game, I can, even if they have great athletes, are they going to be able to, is he going to be able to outcoach a Kirby Smart, a Dabo Sweeney, you know what I mean? Because I would, quite um, frankly, they're going to be on the same talent level. Like if you're on the same Travis talent Hunter level, he hasn't said yet. He hasn't said anything, but I don't know okay. because a big reason as to why he trained, he decided to go to Jackson State was because of the HBCUs. So but I don't know if he would Dion. follow him to Colorado. I think it was more Dion. Yeah, but it was Dion, but a big thing he was saying was being able to be coached by Dion at an HBCU was a big deal. Yeah. But if he enters the transfer portal, I don't think Colorado is going to be his first option. No. I think it's going to be either uh, Georgia or Alabama is going to be the first thing, but we'll see. Oh, that would be big. Um, oh my God, that'd be sweet. Um, I wish he would be a knoll. I, I wish he would come to Florida State, but no, why do you want to do that? Um, <laughs> he, uh, what would you say? We're gonna this is like the last thing we'll talk about tonight, but um, so Colorado's coming off. I think they only had one or two wins. Yeah, um, they've made one bowl out of the last fifteen how, seasons. How many wins? Would you say next year for Dion is a successful season at Colorado? Is it like you got to get ball eligible immediately, or is it kind of like slow and steady? If you win five games your first season at Colorado, I think you can immediately say he's doing good things because that program, oh, yeah. like I just said, they've made one bowl game in 15 seasons. Like they if, calling if a he, bottom of the barrel is is going light. Now, to be fair, UConn also had to a bowl game, like I yeah. said. I don't know why. Yeah, you said they weren't. No, but they so technically they had to wait. They weren't. They were bowl oh. eligible, but they weren't like they had to wait for other bowls to get picked because they were independent and they weren't Notre okay. Dame. Okay. Anyway, so I mean, Jim Mora had that has UConn bowl mm-hmm. eligible first season. So yeah, I mean, if he gets Colorado bowl eligible, and if even if it's just, if it's a six and six year. But if he gets him bowl eligible, and anything's possible in the Pac-12, yeah, I mean that's going to be big. I do also think him going to Colorado is, I think, better than if he went to like USF or like Cincinnati or somewhere. Because I, it's a Power yeah, Five school. Listen, it's a Power Five school, but it's in Mountain Time. So by the time all their games are being played. Nobody's not really going to be caring about him. Nobody's going to be watching because yeah. it's either going to be when 
some better games are being played, or it's going to be at nighttime, like when they're playing like Washington, and nobody's going to be watching it unless you're on that side of the yeah. coast. So I think it does help because he's not getting all that attention like he would be if he was at a bigger school on the East Coast because everybody's up watching those games. So I think that I think that helps right there. Um, but I'll let you say what you're going to say. So the only thing I would say is that um, I agree with the Cincinnati point. I don't think it would have been a good thing for him to take Cincinnati. I do think, from what I was reading and what I was checking, it really did come down to USF and Colorado, and Colorado was willing to pay a bigger bigger paycheck, ranging in the $5 uh, million a year range, compared to USF sitting at like three and a half. Yeah, I do think... But if you can Colorado, win Colorado... If you can win you at Colorado, can win you can anywhere. win anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus I do it's think, Power 5, so yeah. he'll... It's it's a he'll power that it's power five school, it's a power five school that has money that has backing that has an alumni base that cares and has while the fan base right now isn't very good, if they win in Colorado they can be good because the Broncos suck you know what I mean like that's something the state can latch onto like well, the I whole state too, can be there. I think too, I bet you the reason also why he took was the respect side of level because hey, mm-hmm. if I go to USF and win. They're going to say, oh, but you're playing in the AAC. There's nobody there. You know, who are you, yeah. who are you playing? Tulane? Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. if I go to Colorado, who's equally as bad, if I win here, I'm a power five. I'm, I'm dominating. I'm doing – I'm succeeding in the power five in a Pac-12 yeah. conference that's going up right now. It's from the looks of it from this year, from going mm-hmm. up. So I think that was also like, hey, listen – I'm, if I do well here, who knows what kind of opportunities now I'm going to get. So I think it was more of that too, like a respect side. Like, listen, I'm going to get my respect more if I go here and win, whereas if I go here and win. I think that's maybe yeah. what it came down to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, I don't think we'll, – we'll get more into it because we'll, I think we'll do some off se- – in the off season. we'll do some uh, grading of some of the hires, what we think yeah. of each one. But mm-hmm. – I was just saying right now, I do think it's a good hire. Yes. And I think they're going to recruit well. I think they're going to recruit really well. I think, I think we'll see. Being if, able, yeah. I was just going to Dion being able to, A, he has two kids already playing college football right now, and one of them's going to be the quarterback there. Um, but being able to relate with that, and I think he's such a player, like player-friendly coach, whereas like he'll be able to go in and go through the transfer portal or go out and get a recruit. Like, listen. Yeah. You saw what he did at Jackson State. Like, the first time coach, he's never coached college football before. He coached high school, but mm-hmm. he never coached college football before. To go into Jackson State, and granted, it's FCS swag, but, but he did really well there. Two undefeated seasons? Oh. Or one? No, he didn't go undefeated last year. They got no, he didn't the, go undefeated uh, last year. celebration bowl. But yep. to do what they did last year and this year, I mean, that's big time. And so we're going to see what he does in Colorado. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll move on now. Yep. So Finney, we'll move on to the next point I had. No, nothing else to add, really. Um, but I do want to. I did elect this. This isn't college football related, but it relates to both of our favorite baseball teams out here. So Fred McGriff has been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Let's go. Uh, he is a Atlanta Brave and Tampa Bay Ray legend. We'll really get to see who he goes in with which team. But um, man, I am That's praying me. he goes. Yeah, praying he goes in as a Ray because that would be our first Hall of Famer. That is. <laughs> oh. You'll yeah, get uh, Evan Longorio. We'll go in. 
if he. Gets I think Evan Longoria will eventually get in because I think if you look at his numbers, go, they're right. good enough. They're good enough for a Hall of Famer, but we'll see because he doesn't he, have the. He should go in his right. Yeah. Um. And then one last thing we had is we want to ask you guys, the fans, if. <laughs> Anybody, if you guys want us to attend a bowl game this season, particularly in our neck of the woods, we might consider it. Uh, we were looking at possibly the Reliquest Bowl or the Gasparilla Bowl just because those are the closest ones to us and they're, quite frankly, very cheap because nobody's going to want to go see those teams. But right. <laughs> we'd be willing to do some live stuff from the game or maybe some just like stuff at the stadium, talk to some people. We want to know you guys' opinions on, on any of that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, yeah, we got to look at that. Um, and then we'll be, I think, scheduled going forward. I think we'll have a, uh, like, Tuesday or Wednesday night, we'll do, like, a playoff ranking or a playoff, like, breakdown. And then yep. possibly, because there's no games this weekend, maybe we'll be able to squeeze in, like, a Friday show. Mm-hmm. And do like, a Friday show. Because I'm – yeah. Um, we'll do like a Wednesday and a Friday show. Friday, we'll do like a bowl breakdown, possibly. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the top games that maybe we'll go a little more in depth at the end of year six. Um, and then we'll go in some marquee, Matt, some key little um, under the radar games, some interesting games, just non New Year six bowls. So, um, and then, yeah, we'll just go to go forward there. I think going forward, though, um, we'll probably maybe limit probably about one, one or two episodes a week. Yeah, just because there's not a whole lot going on, but we'll let you guys know. Um, any final thoughts here? Nope, I'm just excited for our next show. I think we got a lot more to talk about when it comes yeah. to it, and then we'll be able to talk on Wednesday about the Heisman finalists too. So mm-hmm. I think, I think we'll have a good show on Wednesday. I think every guys, yeah, I think sure. everybody's gonna really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, like we keep saying, um, you can check us out on Spotify. Uh, it's Knowles and Dogs Podcast. Please, if you just want to just hit that follow button rating, um, it helps out a lot. We're on Amazon Music. Yep. We're going to get on Apple Podcasts soon. We'll get that up and rolling. Yep. Um, but biggest one, uh, find us on uh, find us on YouTube, Knowles and Dogs Podcast. Just hit that like and subscribe button. And if and like I said, if even if you're viewing for just five minutes or you want to watch the whole episode, that would be awesome by just like, subscribe, really helps us out because we can just we're really trying to get that we're really trying to still just get the channel out i think we're only at we're at 23 subscribers right now for which you know for a smaller podcast being less than a month in it's still pretty solid that's pretty solid so we're gonna try yeah. to we're just keep on growing but uh, we need your guys's help so if you guys just reach out tell your friends just hey just hit that subscribe button you know mm-hmm. it doesn't take much you know hit that subscribe yeah. button view the channel view the video for like five yep. five minutes if that Hit that like button. Yeah. It helps us out. So, um, and then if you guys have it gives any... us a little bit extra exposure. It just really helps us grow as content creators. Yeah, and so and then when if you guys have any ideas, you guys want to talk about, leave them in the comments. We like to, we'll read them. We'll uh, we'll get it out. So, um, with all that being said, um, unless you had any other final final comments. Uh, nothing else to add. Just disappointed the USA lost in the World Cup, but um, we'll talk about soccer in four years. That's right. We're back in four years. <laughs> I was holding on. Four year, four year fans right here. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, all that being said, uh, this is the Knowles and Dogs podcast, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. All right. Adios. See you guys. Amen. See you.